This is The Art Life. Hello, I'm Grace Gordon, actress and activist, and I am grinning so wide right now. I wonder if you can hear it through the microphone. I'm so happy today to be doing a special episode, Choose Your Own Love Story, with one of the loves of my life, Zonda Robinson-Burns, a founder of The Art Life, who's back on the show to talk all things love in art, in books, in movies, and creating the love stories that we want. So hi, Zandra. It's nice to have you back on the show. Hi. I have been doing my very best to keep tight-lipped and not just scream with joy through your entire lovely intro. Um, but I'm so excited to be back. Hi. Hello. If anyone is uh, listening who strangely, oddly doesn't know who you are, which would mean that they only started listening like last month, <laughs> um, I guess give us a little intro. Uh, how how uh, we started the show a couple of years ago and you are a writer and the founder of Heroin Training as, lo- as well as The Art Life. Is there anything else you want to tell us about in a little intro? That's it. That's me. I am the other face on the art life artwork. (laughs) And I am the creator of Everyday Wonderland, making mini adventures for readers who love fantasy worlds and fiction and want to be the protagonist of their own stories. So that's that's my art. And Jane Austen, pop star in the making as well. And this is very much uh, why you're here for this episode too. I mean, your work is so um, intentional about about the stories that we consume and that excite us, like Jane Austen's books. Um, Your work is about picking out those things that excite us, the whimsy and the fantasy of them, and putting them into our everyday lives, putting those details or those moments of bravery or magic into our daily lives. And uh, I wanted to do a whole episode about the romance aspect of our lives because um, I just feel like the world needs more of that. I just feel like we get to choose the love stories we want and uh, we should all talk about them more. Absolutely. Put those details from fiction that you love right where they belong, which is in your own life. Another descriptor that I've been playing with recently for my job title is asexual Carrie Bradshaw. I love that. Oh, my God. <laughs> finding romance in everyday life, not not only in dating men. Finding romance in everyday life. That is wonderful. Yeah. So before we get into our episode topic, I of course have to ask you, how is your art life? Well, I have been thinking about how to answer this question, and the the best way to answer it is just what I'm excited about in the present moment, which will make you laugh, and my art life is clean. It is enjoying cleaning my house. I am a Venus in Virgo. And I really love doing my chores. I really love when my floors are clean, when my countertops are clean. I love 
cleaning my dishes after each meal and drying each plate and putting it back in the cupboard where it belongs in its little home. And I have just in the past week really let myself enjoy this indulgence because I think there is this culture of like how can you do this faster or more efficiently or like 15 minute meals but actually what really works for me is accepting that I really enjoy folding my laundry and I can accept that time as delicious delightful time and not feel like I need to rush through it because somebody else might want to rush through it Never have I wished that we lived next to each other more than I do in this moment because I hate folding laundry and I am jealous but inspired by the way that you're tackling it because while I might hate that task, like I'm sure there are other things that I can allow myself to enjoy more. Mm. And it is such an act of self-love to do those things that make you feel happy in your space. Yeah, this is part of my my cleansing process of living by myself since I went through a breakup a few months ago that I've chronicled on my website. I wrote co-wrote a masterpiece of an essay on this topic um, with my first husband, Steve. And I have been enjoying living in the space that we were sharing together and just reclaiming it as my own and finding ways to decide what that what that means, what that looks like in practice. And one of those things is like enjoying cleaning it in a more thorough way than than he wanted to. Um, and, you know, he's very happy for me in my clean house. I love that. I, I think that that uh, feeling is something I relate to. Sometimes I was actually just out at dinner tonight talking to a friend about a breakup that I went through recently saying, there's always this moment, you know, I love love, I love romance, and I love this guy, but there's this moment where I feel a little relief mm-hmm. after a breakup because I really like my life. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm used to being single, you know, like I, I date people, but I haven't had like a serious, like this is my partner uh, boyfriend in five years, like the whole time I've been in LA. And I really, I like my life and my schedule. And it's fun when I can welcome someone into it, but it's not necessary. And sometimes even through a you know, a a disappointment or a a heartbreak, there's this part of me that's like, oh yeah, I get my space all the way back to myself (laughs) and my schedule to myself. And I like that. Yeah. Ooh, I'm so curious to get into how we navigate that and still seek these love stories. But Grace, did you also want to answer how is your art life? No one's asked me that in months. (laughs) I've been interviewing other people. (laughs) I'm crying. It's so nice to be asked. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Well, you'll be happy to hear, Zandra. My my art life is getting to know my writer self. Um, Yeah, I have two major writing projects that I'm uh, doing right now. And I I was part of a month long writing poetry workshop in February. And um, 
I am intimidated by the writing projects I have going right now because for years I did not think I was a writer. There's a whole lot of that to unpack, you know, a lot about uh, being feeling like the muse to male artists often. Um, that's a whole other episode worth of conversation, but I'm finally really stepping into the identity of writer and I have two projects that I'm very excited about and proud of that I'm working on right now uh, that are very much writing. You know, they're, they're not um, just quickly writing something for the sake of performance. They are very much taking seriously the writing process. And what's been interesting is because I spent so many years not calling myself that, I'm okay with not being perfect at it, but I'm also really, really present in the process because I feel like I'm getting to know who Grace the writer is. Like I have a pretty solid idea of who Grace the model is or the the illustrator or the actress, but this is a new identity for me and I'm totally coming at it with curiosity. So like, what is my writing process? Like I'm just letting my self observe how it works for me instead of trying to force a certain schedule I'm like oh okay so I had the idea in my head all right well then what happens I want to start writing but I don't feel ready yet oh okay it took a couple days and then at 1 a.m a couple days you know after I mapped out the the plot I was suddenly ready to start writing it just came this and I started writing it down in in my notebook and so it's been very, very interesting because I'm allowing myself to discover like what my own process is, to not force anything, to let it come from a place of enthusiasm, to notice what I really do like about writing and what I would rather delegate or um, you know do collaboratively. Uh, I'm learning so much about myself as I do it. And it's just been really fun for me to not like force a system on myself, but to discover how this works for me as I go along. I want to take a moment to celebrate that. I think the way that you are approaching this, embracing this new process and really enjoying it is so valuable because there's this thing about like it's hard it's vulnerable to start a new craft when you're good at other things mm-hmm. you could just keep doing the things that you've figured out and you are approaching this new hat of yours with <laughs> yeehaw yes yeehaw. <laughs> with a cowgirl's grin <laughs> and a, a wink at the process <laughs> giddy up well now now you're in a whole you're in a whole outfit now um this is not where I was expecting this to go but it I was mean, for me because I've been watching Yellowstone and I can't stop talking about cowboy stuff okay <laughs> <laughs> okay well you are you are a cowboy at the writing desk and that's right. <laughs> I think that's so um, that's so great because it, it could be this like stressful thing or like you pointed out, I also have this tendency to be like, and here is the schedule and I will stick to it. But yeah, no, Mars and Virgo, uh, we both have that. So I, I like to be very 
you know, detailed Uh in my plan and my schedule. And I, when I started, I was like, okay, so if I start to get writer's block, I'm going to do 50 minutes of writing Mm -hmm. with my phone somewhere else. And then the timer will go off and then I'll give myself a 10 minute break. And then I'll just have to sit at the computer for another 50 minutes. And it was just like, I don't even know what my own writing process is. I can't make (laughs) myself work like that. That's insane. (laughs) Like You have to get to know how this, you know, yourself as a writer, Grace. And it's, it's, it's been way much – I don't know. I, I I almost – I'm pausing for a moment to gather my thoughts and just say, you know, there's something about growing confidence as an artist in other areas that is making this easier, even though maybe my standards are higher for myself. It's like, well, I'm a professional artist in these mediums. It's actually given me more confidence where like – I don't feel the need to read a bunch of books about how to be a writer. I don't need anyone to instruct me on their writing process as the way to do it because I've learned over 10 years now of like professional art making that, you know, I can take bits and pieces of the way other artists live their lives and some things really work, but ultimately my process is very much my own. And it comes through like a long time uh, spent just discovering what things work for me. And so because I have that confidence in myself uh, and that I will develop a writing process and a writer's identity that is uniquely my own, I'm allowed to just like try things out, whether it's a different schedule or, you know, letting the ideas brew and come out in the middle of the night. Um, I've also noticed that like I get my best ideas when I'm reading an entirely different book. Like I'll have a notepad next to me now when I'm reading a novel wow. because that's when my ideas come for the story I'm writing. It's wild. Um, and yeah, it's just like a new level of my own confidence as an artist too that I'm allowing myself to do it like that. That makes so much sense. And this, I mean – when you first said that you didn't identify as a writer, in my mind, I was thinking, but that's so not true. You write beautiful letters. You write beautiful letters um, by hand. And back in your Patreon days, you would write love letters to us. And like, in my mind, of course, you're a writer, but I also appreciate how that is a branch in the tree Mm -hmm. that is your artist self and how there is a difference between embracing that as art and also really honing that craft and figuring out your process. So I'm excited for you on that journey. Thank you. I'm sure we'll have many more writing life talks off the air and I'm excited to do that. (laughs) So Zandra, Speaking of artist branches and all of the many branches that create the tree of our art lives, I have you here on the show to talk about relationships, to talk about romance and how we draw inspiration from art and how we're coming to this topic with intention right now in both of our lives. And um, like just to start, I want to say you went through a breakup and, and you reached out to me. And you asked me for resources, for books about like dating and romance and all of these things because you were like 
in a new stage of your life and you wanted to learn. And I thought that was so cool. You took this on like a project in an enthusiastic Zandra way, not in a like bogged down homeworky way. Um, a little bit were, of a bogged well, down homeworky way. <laughs> that's good to know now. Um, but I was very inspired by it. You know, <laughs> like you were like, oh, okay, this is a new stage in my life. I want to have intention about it. Let me learn a bunch of things. And you shared with me little insights as you went along, learned things about yourself and and also like tried some courses, read some books that were not for you. That were either like, oh, well, I already know that from my past relationship or no, that doesn't really apply to me. Um, and, you know, I thought that was a good place to start with just like both of us being mm. really intentional about what we're consuming right now in the self-development world, in the courses and podcasts and books we're reading to learn about relationships and communication. So I guess the, what you know, I want to start with is just like, you know, where did you start? You said, mm. I want to learn. Where did you go from there? Well, first of all, I will say I'm a little nervous talking about this topic because I realized for like my entire life until now, I felt like talking about relationships was off limits. I found it difficult to talk about like where's the boundary between like the privacy of a relationship you have with one other person and like being open about your life and talking about it with people. Um, and I, I think there's this kind of shrouded in mystery um, quality to how we approach anything in that realm of love, romance, sex. It's just supposed to happen magically and, um, mm. you know, we, you don't really have discussions about it in the way that you have discussions about like pursuing your goals and doing self-development. And it just kind of struck me as such a blind spot where I am obsessed with the personal development section. I've read so many books about happiness and happiness in different languages and different cultures, um, self-improvement in the healthiest ways. And I was like, why did I never, like, this is my personality. I'm interested in these kinds of, of books, and they inspire my writing as well, like you mentioned. But, like, why did I never seek out to read about relationships? And so the first thing I did was I reached out to you. I reached out to trusted people who I felt like you have probably, you probably have some useful books for me. Um, and I got like a reading list. But then Grace, what really clicked for me was a few months later, we were having a phone call and you asked me the question, what love stories from fiction do you admire that you would want to emulate in your own life? Yes, a question suited for you. Well, I was like, now that, <laughs> that is a question I can take on. I felt like I was so lost in this realm of like, oh my gosh, this is relevant to what you're saying about um, your writing process as well, except you are approaching that with a more grounded, um, <laughs> <laughs> from a more grounded perspective than I was, where I'm like, oh my gosh, I had to catch up on my reading. Right. But realizing, like, even as I started to read these 
um, these nonfiction books and take on these courses, I was like, wait, I've done a lot of this work because so much of the relationship work is self-work. And I've done a lot of self-work. Yeah, you have done a ton of your own personal development work and I can totally see how launching into this like a project, you know, and drowning yourself in, in homework did not feel fun. And the point of this should be, you know, starting something fresh, building something new and freaking enjoying it. Like the point of dating and romance is, is adding to your life, adding something wonderful and supportive. And when you turn it into like a perfectionistic list to cross off with a lot of rigidity, it takes the magic away. So it was really helpful for me when you gently reminded me in that question that like, Zandra, this is your life's work. You already have the tools. How would you approach any other area of your life? And it reminded me that my my job is to show people and remind people that the daily life details that we enjoy in our favorite fictional stories are ours for the taking. If we want to feel like we're working in a Hogwarts library or going to a Midnight in Paris salon, we can create those experiences for ourselves. Why not? But I was also finding myself watching romantic comedies, reading romance novels, and like getting swept up in the idea of, well, this is what I would want in my life too. But then the little critical voice coming in and saying, yeah, but that's just a fantasy. Like that's just fiction. And that goes against everything that I believe and teach. Wow. Yes, it does. (laughs) Yeah. Confession. (laughs) Well, this is why it's your life's work too, right? Is because it's something you learn and something like you want to share with other people because you know how much you need it too. Yeah. And there's this, this moment in, I really love Emily Henry's novels. There's a moment in Beach Read where the main character writes these happy stories. They're both writers and she writes these optimistic stories about love and other things. And she's feeling kind of embarrassed about it, um, especially because the other guy is like more of a serious contemporary fiction author. And she's like, oh my gosh, he must think that I'm just like all fluffy sparkles all the time. But actually what he points out that he admires about her is the way that she sees the world in that optimistic light and in telling stories the way that she sees possibility in the world, she is creating those realities by putting those stories out there for people to read and be inspired by. She is influencing the way that people live out their lives. Mm. I've heard so many good things about her books. I really need to read one, Um, Beach Read or the others. I know she has quite a few. 
And you you shared this with me maybe a month or two ago, and I was thinking about it a lot because we say be the change you wish to see in the world, right? Mm -hmm. And if we're living in a cynical time where things where you know people feel disconnected and we feel kind of like we've lost some romance uh, in our generation, maybe or whatever it is in our own personal lives, like we can be the change. We can be romantic friends even. Like when I need, when I want to receive more love and romance, I can do romantic shit for my friends. Like I, you know, I love, I'll buy them thoughtful gifts. I'll, you, you know, do. send them compliments and love letters, as you know. And it is does not because I'm trying to turn something into a relationship, but it's like, oh, I've got so much love in me. I've got so much romance in me. I'm going to give some to my friends. It's going to feel good. And guess what? That all circles back, right? Mm. So I love this idea of, especially you, a writer, reading this novel about a writer, creating happy stories. You know, oh, I can make the art that I need to see. Make the love stories I need to see. Yeah. It's so important to be certain about what you want and what you envision as a recovering people pleaser. I find it tempting to be like, oh, what is the, I don't know what dating is. I've Mm. been, I'd have been in a relationship for 10 years. I'm, I don't know what the protocol is, what the expectation is, but actually it's not up to those standards. It's up to what I want in my life. Right. And and there isn't a rule book, you know, there isn't like one way to do it. So you, every self-development book you read or like dating advice book you read is going to be different, first of all, but also none of them are going to be completely right for you. It's up to you. It's like what you were saying about your writing process. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So glad that that has somehow become related to this episode because it really wasn't. It was not related when I shared it. Um, yeah, I, I, I'll share with you something that I noticed recently that really has changed the way I think about love and romance. A couple of years ago, I saw like a musical workshopped in in Connecticut. Um, Peter Dinklage, the actor from Game of Thrones, was workshopping a musical version of the book Cyrano that his wife like adapted into a musical for the stage and then uh, a few years later got turned into a film which came out this year and um, it is a beautiful love story. Cyrano is a is a well known uh, love story, but it you know this musical version is just breathtaking, and the performances are just like soul crushing romantic. I l- obsessively listened to the soundtrack after I saw the movie, and um, I made all my friends watch it. This is how I love, you know. I'm like every person I know has to sit down and watch it with me, because uh, that's yeah. how that's how I am when I love something. I'm very enthusiastic about it, and everyone must experience it along with me. And um, see our whiplash and unicorn store episode. <laughs> yes, yes. For more about this, exactly. Um, well, I was watching it with my friend Valerie. I. We were, we were talking about why I loved it so much, why I was having this response, and she had a similar response to West Side Story, the new West Side Story adaptation that came out. And uh, Valerie said something really interesting that I have been repeating over and over to people. She said, well, there aren't a lot of sincere 
romances on film right now. Like we don't get to watch a lot of really heartfelt, sincere love stories. There's mm-hmm. like romantic comedies. There's a lot of like tragic, depressing you, romances. But these just genuinely romantic stories are not in abundance in our culture right now, at least not around me. And so it just got me thinking how much I want that and how much I can make that as an artist. I can be more open and write more poetry and, you know, act in projects that are very sincere in their romanticism and welcome people to watch and read things with me that give me that feeling because it's a wonderful feeling. And yes, we need more of that. So I've been thinking about that a lot and and talking to writer friends even about it and being like, hey, write some sincere (laughs) love stories. (laughs) I have a request. I have a request. (laughs) Um, And yeah, it's just been, it's like, so watching Cyrano and you know, there, even like True Romance is another favorite movie of mine, which some people, a lot of people love, but they're kind of like, oh, well, it's very like adolescent in its intensity. And like, okay, but it has an effect on me and a lot of other adults, you know, like a lot of people love that movie. A lot of people respond to that movie and and not just like men, not just women, like all kinds of people. And, um, you know, it's a romantic movie where people fall in love quickly and take care of each other and are willing to to protect each other. Um, so it's, yeah, I've just been thinking a lot about these stories that are kind of everlasting, too, in our culture of Cyrano and True, I mean, True Romance is a modern movie, but it came out in the 90s and people still talk about it incessantly. There's been so many adaptations of Cyrano that since the 1800s when the novel came out that, you know, I can't even count on two hands how many movie adaptations there have been. So we want these stories. We do. And thank you for both this, this short film list to Mm -hmm. go and watch after this. Um, But also for that, that term um, that Valerie said, of sincere romance because I have my little list here <laughs> to prepare of uh, which which romantic stories am I inspired by and I just couldn't wrap my head around how to explain what was so compelling to me about Jane the Virgin mm. and the relationship between Jane and Michael where I, I remember watching it for the first time and just feeling like they really love each other so I rewatched the first episode of Jane the Virgin to remind myself of what their dynamic is like. And they're just simply, sincerely in love with each other. And they really trust each other um, with hard things that they need to communicate, like disagreeing with the direction they want their lives to go but you can tell that they just really see each other and have so much respect and it's it's as simple as that but I was having trouble coming up with examples from film I think because in the short space of two hours or so the love stories are usually focused on acquisition Mm mm-hmm um, whereas in television, we have more time for 
for the relationships to develop and play out. But I love that observation. In the like the 40 minutes of or however long of of that Jane the Virgin episode, I could still see it. That's a great point. So it's possible. Did yeah. you discover anything while you were sort of thinking about this, like whether for this episode or when I originally asked you that question? Do you discover any common threads in the romances you were inspired by? Well, I had a question for you actually. Oh, go which ahead. is would you date a non-artist? Oh. Where in the world did that come from? Um, <laughs> goodness. Uh, I, I, I think I would mm, – what a great question. I think I do date people who are art adjacent, like who cook or something where maybe yeah. it's not the same kind of art life that like a musician or, or entertainer has, but there's still a creative drive. Um, I'm around artists so much and I don't really online date that it's more that I'm not meeting people who are not artists. <laughs> and uh, I do think that there's like um, – like I've discovered over the years and, and finally really validated for myself that it's important for me to have to share taste with someone or to at least mm-hmm. have a lot in common in our taste. So that's just a really important uh, thing to come home to for me, that we like a lot of the same movies or, you know, can go out and enjoy the theater, et cetera. So that doesn't mean that they have to be an artist, but they have to be able to enjoy art with me we'll see we'll see but that sounds like benjamin from the marvelous mrs Maisel, which i've only seen a little bit of Sorry. oh okay that's that really vice character <laughs> oh he's in it oh i love him oh okay. no I'll watch it. <laughs> um he's a doctor but he just loves art and so He's dating the main character, Midge, who's a stand-up comedian, and he's just so fascinated by by her and her comedy, and um, he loves collecting visual art and is just, like, so excited to, um, to step into that world, even though that's not his profession. And the reason that I ask is because I could not think of, like, a scenario where it would be okay to be with a non-artist. And I say that trusting that this audience, the art life audience knows what I mean when we define artist in a very broad and inclusive way, where an example that of another fictional character that came to mind was Captain Ree from the K-drama Crash Landing on You, who is a military man who is also a pianist, but most of all, I see him as an everyday life artist where he is a master of slow living and cooking and keeping his home, um, which apparently is very important to me. (laughs) Um, And like, I absolutely see him as an artful person, even if he might not call himself an artist, but he's unapologetic in these skills as well. And so um, 
I want to be very open about like, I don't have deal breakers necessarily, but art might be one of them. Yeah, it's funny because you and I have such an expansive view of what that word means, right? Like, no, I don't need to be with someone who makes their money off of art. Mm -hmm. But I do need to be with someone who appreciates art and makes it a central point in their life. So both of my parents are doctors, for example. And I would say, you know, art is a huge part of their lives. I grew up going to the theater, appreciating food, talking about movies, reading a ton. Like they, like that's sacred and important to them, even though it's not their jobs. And they actually met like working on a musical uh, in Columbia Medical oh, School. What? Yeah, yeah. So it's so it's like, you know, my parents are actually very good examples of people who are not artists by profession, mm. but who prioritize it in a way that would, you know, that would work for me in a relationship. Yes, I approve. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll share something interesting with you, Zandra. While I was preparing for this episode and chatting a little bit with you about this, I I realized that there is a through line in many of, not all, but many of my favorite love stories, which is um, long-term friendship first. Mm. When I was making a list of, you know, what romances I was inspired by or related to, it was like Luke and Lorelai and Gilmore Girls, speaking of TV, um, uh, characters in uh, the Throne of Glass series, characters in The Serpent King, one of my fa- probably that's my favorite book. Even It, um, you know, those characters know each other and go through things as friends for 30 years before they link back up. Um, there's something and that, and that shows up in my personal life too. I do tend to respond better to romances with people I've been friends with or at least known for years. And part of that is I think, you know, you just grow to trust someone over that time. But it was really interesting to discover that and also have that be okay. I remember a couple years ago, I mentioned that to a friend of mine, a pretty new friend. I mentioned like that that's maybe something I need. And and he kind of scoffed and he was like, well, that's crazy. You're not going to be like, you're not going to be friends with someone for years before you date them. Like that can't be, you know, what you need. He, he, he kind of invalidated it as like an unrealistic <laughs> need if I wanted to be, you know, putting myself out there and dating. In our but fast-paced culture. In our fast-paced culture of dating apps and, getting, I don't know, going out at bars. Fast and furious. Fast and furious, <laughs> fast and furious baby. Um <laughs> Yeah, and and right, in our fast-paced culture, that is not the norm, but uh, the norm doesn't work for me. And yeah. my, you know, my best relationships, my healthiest relationships are with people I've known for years first. And looking at the romances that I am inspired by, that's consistent. Mm. That there is at least some amount of time where they these characters work together or are friends or are you know around each other in some kind of training or whatever before they are dating and I was like oh okay so that's what I like and that's okay cool I can have that yes you can and 
Can I just point out that when we're talking about the norm, is our goal really to be like, oh, what is your relationship like? Well, it's normal. I can't imagine myself saying that. I have a great imagination. It's, 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 so it's real normal. hard for me to imagine that sentence coming out of my mouth at any point in the past, <laughs> like, present, or future. Like, how, how's your boyfriend doing? Oh, well, he's so normal. He's very normal in our relationship. It's normal. <laughs> What the hell does that even mean? <laughs> like, oh, I'm so happy for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, there was something else less silly I wanted to comment on, but that felt um, important. Oh, yeah. Something that feels really jarring to me about the ritual of dating is just how much pressure... They're like going on a first date with somebody as the first time that you meet them. That Weird. feels like so. Yeah, it's like a lot of pressure for this one person to like potentially be your life partner and fill all of these roles. And it's like pressure on both sides to like have that potential expectation. So I think your way makes a lot of sense. It just sounds natural. Yeah, I think right that 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 naturalness of of I have spent enough time adjacent to you or around you to know what your values are, to know your sense of humor, and that's what I'm interested in. I'm not interested in like a a list of facts about someone. That means very little to me. You know, um, what someone does for work or like whatever. You know, what they even what they look like. Those things generally don't affect me that much and I have a lot of anxiety about dating if it's what you described if it's like set up for a first date or you know the structure of that if I don't know them first because it often doesn't work and um or at least for me it often doesn't work and I've also been in the the trap before of talking to someone for a long time and then having that first date and realizing we have no chemistry and like that sucked because mm. that person was super cool, but we were just talking online and there's all this lead up and then there was no chemistry. And I'm like, damn, I wish we had been friends or just, yeah. you know, gotten to know each other as friends and maybe something could have developed even down the line that and if that had been the direction. Instead of having this like early disappointment that. You yeah. Yeah. And, like, just this forced, like, structure of, like, okay, well, we have shared these facts about ourselves. These things <laughs> seem compatible. We will now meet in person on a date. Like, I, I you know, I just – it just felt really uncomfortable. And This like, is really helpful to hear. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. yeah. Like, that, that kind of disappointment is really hard, too, if you know that someone's really cool or you, and you would like to get to know them, but at a way slower pace. Mm. Something that I've been thinking about is how good I am at manifesting clothes. Hmm. I set style projects. I get clear on what I'm looking for with the ultimate goal of, of curating a perfect capsule wardrobe. But I go one garment at a time. And I was talking to my friend about this, about like, wait a minute. I am so relaxed and at ease when it comes to manifesting um, 
garments into my life? How can I apply this strategy that I'm already good at to a relationship as well? Because like, it's not that different. And, um, but if like the capsule wardrobe is the end goal, then like the person, I guess, is the end goal. And that's a lot. So she suggested like, come up with attributes that you're looking for in a person. And I was like, that's close, but that's not it. Because Mm. I'm not looking for the list of facts. What I'm looking for is how it integrates into my life. Mm. So what I've been playing with is this idea of, you know, it all comes back to my passion planner. How do I want a relationship to fit into my schedule? Ideally, like coming from me before anybody else sets those standards with their availability. And I realized I actually don't want to spend that much time with another person right now. I really enjoy my alone time. Um, And an important part of that was I don't want to have a relationship over texting. Yes. And I've learned from your example here. We've talked about on this show about how you don't enjoy texting back and forth with people. And like that's something that we can accept. Yeah. Even my closest friends, I have a like, don't ask me how are you over text rule. Like pretty, like yeah. pretty, and you know, sometimes I can do it, but for the most part, I just don't want to talk, catch up over text message. And yeah, with dating, especially, I don't want to do that. Yeah. That's a big one. I love the the, the schedule conversation <laughs> back around because it's so Zandra. And I will share yeah. one thing with you that's related to that, that I discovered recently. I went out on a date actually with a friend, someone I've been friends with for five years, who's awesome. Like we really trust each other. We are sort of like, should we try dating? Like we're like, we're kind of been on like parallel healing paths and Aww. adore each other. And um, we, we we ended up deciding like we really just see each other as friends we tried it, you know, high five, good job. Uh, <laughs> and it's, and like, it's all good. But one thing I did notice, cause he's so, he's, he's magnificent, you know? And I was like, there is not a thing that is quote unquote wrong with him. Like there is, I could not tell you one reason why we should not date. It's just a feeling. The mm-hmm. only thing I could think of when describing this was like, it's definitely, there's nothing about him that is wrong or like technically incompatible. He's amazing. I just have friendship feelings for him. The one thing I do see as a serious problem is that he is a boxing coach who gets up at 5 (laughs) a.m. I am a night owl, as anyone who has listened to this show long term knows, and you in particular know, I can't date someone who needs to go to bed at 9 p.m. Like I am starting my day sometimes. Like I'm going out, you know, to to go see a movie at 11 p.m. And I want someone who can join me for that. And like, that's okay. Simple as that. Simple as that. I, you know, <laughs> like I, I, I need to be with someone who can at least be on enough of a similar schedule that we can do things together. <laughs> so I really relate to what you just said. Yeah, schedules matter. Well, Zandra, we have <laughs> ironically, we have um, – given up our schedules and circled back around and reclaimed them in this episode (laughs) we've learned a lot about each other and ourselves and we've taken some inspiration from books and films and tv shows 
and uh, we'll be adding them into our own lives. And as we head off on our journeys, falling in love and bringing romance into our everyday lives, I will just ask you, what is the art life? The art life is sincere romance. Mm. Grace, what is the art life? The art life is focusing on feeling. Mm. Not the idea of something or a list of facts about someone. It's just prioritizing and honoring my feelings. What a beautiful reminder to end on. Mm-hmm. Well, it has been such a pleasure to have you back on this special little Zandra episode. I'm sure everyone is going to be so happy to hear your voice. I will be sure to link to your website, Heroin Training, and Everyday Wonderland, your magical program that I am also a part of. Is there anywhere else you would like people to follow up with you on your work? Oh, those are the main hubs. I have a free ebook now called One, Two, Three Mini Adventure, which is three steps to finding mini adventures in the corners of your busy day. And you can find that at heroinetraining.com slash one, two, three. And I will just say as well, I'm so excited to be back and to be back in your ears. So please say hi send me an email um, and I would love to hear what every what our audience of our campfire audience is has been up to as well so do reach out yes I'm sure people will be happy to hear your voice and send you a little hello well until I can have you back on the show for another special Zandra episode my most favorite new tradition um I will say I will say farewell to you, my friend. And uh, I guess I guess from my side, do you want to take over? I don't even. We have a special way that we close episodes as co-hosts, and you have to start it. I don't. I'm all discombobulated right now. I, I got you. I got you. We Thank got you. this tree. We Thank got you. this forest. I need swing you. in the wind. Your branch. Hello. From my side of the world, I wish you all. A good morning. And from my side of the world, I wish you all a good night. Bye. Bye. This is The Art Life. You can find the show online at theartlife.show and send letters to The Art Life, Care of Grace Gordon, P.O. Box number 4292, Valley Village, California, 91617. Send email to theartlifeshow at gmail.com or find us on Twitter and Instagram at theartlifeshow. Our theme music is The Stream by Rory. Thank you for joining me.